It's Meteorological Monday. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and also periodically interesting off-topic episodes. Most of the time we do those on Fridays, but they can come anytime. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 183 for Monday, April 26, 2021. And have you noticed, I'm in a great mood today. And uh, that's probably because the sun is shining, temperatures are warming up. Yep, we had a frosty morning. It was uh, 28 degrees this morning here at the Weather Jazz Studios. And lots of frost out there, but it's all gone. And we are on the up and up as we're heading into this week. We'll talk more about that, the long-range parameters, in just a bit. Also, a reminder, this week on Fox 8 News at uh, 6 o'clock on Thursday night, we're going to have our summer weather outlook. And uh, we will cover, it's different from the winter weather outlook, because obviously in the winter we're talking about snow and temperature. Uh, But in the summer, we're much more interested in 90 degree days. It's one of the measurements by which we study the summer. And also the severe weather index. In other words, will we expect a normal severe weather season? Will it be quieter than normal or will it be more active? So coming up at some point this week or early next week, I'm going to have Scott Sable back on with me. That usually is a very popular segment, and we'll talk about the summer and various aspects. But today, we're going to concentrate more on the medium range forecast. In other words, what do we see going ahead into the month of May, which is right around the corner? Well, one of the things I want to talk to you today about is the snow from last week. Uh, We obviously had uh, some decent snowfalls, and obviously this week it's just a whole different story. We've got a different weather pattern that we'll be talking about, and we pretty much said last week that the snow that we had, and a rather extensive one that we had in the middle of the week would very, very, very likely a high rate of confidence, in other words, that it would be our last snow until we got into November and or December of uh, next season. So let's talk about the snow, the snow that we had last week, and it was a pretty decent one. It kept Sugarloaf Mountain open, ski area in uh, northern Maine, northwest Maine, actually. And that's a mountain that uh, our family uh, climbed at one point a number of decades ago. Great mountain, great ski resort, and a decent amount of snow. In Rangeley, Maine, uh, they ended up with eight inches of snow, and that was one of the higher um, amounts. But the highest amount of snow that was observed last week out of all of this snowy swath that stretched from essentially Branson, Missouri, and went all the way up into northern Maine, the 
the heaviest amount of snow, the most amount recorded was 8.8 inches in Greensboro, Vermont. That's in south central Vermont. Uh, And it goes right along with the Rangeley having 8 inches just uh, essentially up to the northeast of Goals, or rather Greensboro, Vermont. Uh, Hamden, Ohio, also came in with 8 inches officially. So if you connect those dots, it goes from northeast Ohio to uh, parts of Vermont all the way up to uh, northwest Maine, uh, ending up with the heaviest snowfall from last week's snow. But we also had reports of a half inch of snow in Grantsville, Maryland, Lee, Massachusetts, with an inch and a half, uh, Lancaster, um, North, uh, make that New Hampshire, with 2.8 inches. Let's see, I'm scanning the list. Marion, Indiana, had five and a half inches. Osceola, New York, with 6.2 inches. Uh, and Ottawa Lake, Michigan, with six inches. Again, a decent snowfall, but at this time of year, it is very quick to disappear. And indeed, that's just exactly what happened. Within 36 hours here in Northeast Ohio, for those of you listening outside of that uh, zone, um, that snow essentially all but disappeared. I would imagine that would be the case just about anywhere because the sun is higher and stronger no matter where you are in the continental United States. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the sunrise and sunset times because right now in Caribou, Maine, Caribou National Weather Service at the end of last week tweeted a great picture. I will include that picture on the show notes, episode number 183 of weatherjazz.com. Now, when you look at this picture, you'll say, oh, that's a nice picture of a pre-dawn at, you know, 6 or 6.30 in the morning, you can fill in the blank. But remember that Caribou, Maine is just about as far north as you can get in Maine, and it's about as far east as you can get in the eastern time zone. So at this time of year, dawn breaks, those dawn colors breaks very, very early in the morning. Uh, Nautical twilight actually begins at 4.14 a.m. And the picture that is posted is just after 4 o'clock in the morning. And as summer approaches, uh, that uh, kind of sky is what you're going to see at uh, between 3.30 and 4 o'clock in the morning, just in case you take a visit to northern Maine in Caribou. Kind of a fun, fun a photo to take a look at and to realize, no, that's not 6.30 in the morning. That's 4.14 a.m. I remember those kinds of days in northern Vermont when we did not change our clocks to daylight saving time until I believe it was either the last uh, Sunday in March or the first Sunday in April. It doesn't matter. By the time we got that late, and we, too, were in the same boat, very far north in Lindenville, Vermont, and pretty far east in the time zone, uh, there were those times before the time change that the sun came literally uh, careening into my uh, dorm room, which faced east, 
and it did so really early in the morning. It was either just before 5 o'clock, 4.45, something along those lines, but it was ridiculously early at that time of year. That's uh, one of the prices you pay for living as far north and east as you can in the time zone. Not that I had a choice about it, and I didn't mind at the time getting the day going that early. Well, after the break, we're going to talk about the medium range forecast, some of the parameters that we're looking at, and what we think we're going to see going into the month of May. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Let's take a look first at what we're dealing with in terms of the month of April, and then we're going to look ahead and see what some of the teleconnections or some of the long-range parameters are telling us about the next one to two to three weeks or so. Well, the month of April, very, very eclectic, all over the place, as you know, because we started the month off, April 1st, with snowfall. Then we quickly warmed it up. We had record high temperatures. In fact, it was 83 degrees. That was a record high for April the 8th. And then we had the snow from last week, and that pushed us into the 8th snowiest April on record for Cleveland Hopkins Airport. Now this week, we are returning to temperatures that will approach at least near 80 degrees going into this week. So it's been all over the place, but because of those wild variations, so far it has all averaged out. If you look at the departures from normal, we have a batch that was well below, a batch that was well above, a batch that was well below again, and now almost right at normal. So when we average out the first 25 days of the month of April, it ended up essentially right inside the normal range. And that's plus or minus two officially. Uh, and right now for the first 25 days, 0 0.9 degrees above normal. And that's not much. Again, anything within plus or minus two degrees either side is really considered perfectly normal. But what you don't capture with that is this the uh, the fact that we have had some really, really wild swings. As my meteorology professor, one of them used to say, uh, normal for any particular climatological reporting stations is simply an average of the extremes. And in this case, that's just exactly what happened. It doesn't tell the whole story just by looking at, oh, we're only 0.9 degrees above normal. That's normal. Well, yeah, it's normal, but it doesn't take into account or tell you the whole weather story, the very fact that we have had some really wild swings in both directions. Uh, the precip departure from normal, actually a little more significant. It's been pretty dry. Don't know if anybody else has been uh, noticing this, but we have had no problems or issues in the month of April with mowing the lawn. And uh, that is certainly a... An unusual scenario because typically at this time of year you still have all of the moisture from the snowfall 
you still have some cold temperatures, even though you have uh, the sunlight, which is higher. So the evaporation that takes place uh, in the ground usually is a very slow process. And you can dig a lot of ruts and you can have a lot of muddy ground in the month of April. That hasn't been the case so far this month. We've been able to do the mowing without any issues by and large across our property. And I would imagine that also falls in line with just about everybody else in the area as well. The Palmer indices, that's one of the indices that measures moisture content in the ground that is beginning to edge towards pretty dry. So we're hoping that for those of you that are listening and and are farmers, we can get some uh, better planting conditions in and some moisture in the ground as you begin to plant your crops. All right, let's look ahead now. As we go into the month of May, one of the parameters that I rely heavily on, and it depends on the scenario, but uh, most of the others, the Arctic Oscillation, North Atlantic Oscillation, Uh, have been fairly neutral. So you have to look for the driving forces elsewhere. And one of those driving forces this spring and even late winter has been the North or uh, Pacific North American Oscillation, the PNA. And when it goes negative, it tends to mean warmer than normal temperatures here. No matter what teleconnection PNA we're looking at, whether it pulls the data in from the European model or the GFS, which is the American model, or the Canadian model, the CMC Ensemble. It doesn't matter because they're all doing the same thing. It's uh, very, very close to normal right now. But as we push our way into the next two to three weeks on average going into the month of May, we are indicating a negative PNA, which means that we're going to be warmer than normal everywhere east of the Mississippi. And sure enough, the long-range computer models out of the National Weather Service, the uh, essentially the short and medium-term climate forecast for the country, indicates that almost everywhere east of Kansas City and Dallas-Fort Worth will be above normal. In fact, it's looking much above for Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida, according to this map, near normal for the Northern Plains and most of the Rockies, and below normal, just a little sliver of it, from Seattle all the way down to Los Angeles. Doesn't look like a a huge deviation from normal, but uh, the way it's looking will probably average a little below normal. And a lot below normal for Alaska. So, Some late-season snowfalls are likely. Uh, Keep an eye on Alaska. And if you follow Twitter, follow the National Weather Service at Fairbanks and also at Anchorage. And I got a hunch in the next couple of weeks that we are going to see some snowfall reports from the 49th state. Well, that pretty much does it today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please help me to spread the word any way you can inside your sphere of influence. And I'd also like to thank all of you who continue to partner to support Weather Jazz. 
Victoria Singer in Vermont, Dale Osborne, Will and Tonya Krause, Christine Barnes, and Rose Moore from Ohio, Bill Martin in Florida, and Andre Rich from Tennessee. And if you'd like to add your name to that list, I would love to be able to mention your name. It's easy to become a supporter, and you'll find the links at the bottom of every episode on the show notes. Today's episode is, again, number 183. And you can partner at any one of three levels, and the lowest is just 99 cents a month. You may not think that that helps, but it does, because uh, it'll help me to uh, produce more frequent shows and get some better equipment and sound better over time. It helps me to keep the Weather Jazz podcast audience connect line going. And that is that wonderful telephone line that you can call if you have a question or a topic suggestion or you just want to say hello. And the number to call is, and I encourage you to do it, uh, it's 234-525-5888, And as I always like to say, if you are listening to this podcast in the car, don't bother transcribing that number. Just go to weatherjazz.com at the end of your drive and call it up on a browser. You're going to find all of that information at the bottom of every episode's show notes. Well, again, at some point this week, we will have Scott Sable, and he'll be joining me to talk about the summer weather outlook. We're releasing that on Fox 8 News at 6 p.m. That will be coming up on Thursday. So if you're in that area, you can certainly join in. If you're listening to us from places way outside of Northeast Ohio, and we certainly have enough of an audience that listens to me, Uh, that might be curious about what we're doing, please tune in via the website, fox8.com. Just click on the live link up top, and you can join us on Fox 8 News. Remember, that's uh, from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time, just in case you're listening from another time zone. We'll have the summer weather outlook for us, and eventually we'll talk about the rest of the country, too, right here on Weather Jazz. So we'll see you with another very cool science-related episode right here on Weather Jazz on Wednesday. Weather and science across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.